God, thank you so much that you are um, merciful and kind. That you're still in the business of using the most imperfect of creatures to do perfect things. If you would please be with us today and change our lives by the power of your word and teach us the things that we ought to know so that we would do the things that we ought to do. May it be your word that moves upon our hearts and changes us today. May it be your word that does the miracle today. Please take a coal from the fire of your altar. Touch the lips of this babbling idiot. Proclaim your word to change lives, please. Without you, this is a waste of time, God, please. Be with us in Christ's name, amen. Today, the uh, Apostle Peter wants us to make a couple of connections in our brain. He's asking us to do certain things that seem obvious. Now, what I used to love about when I first started, when me and my wife, wife first started going to church, when we were um, just dating, it was, the, uh, it was the late 80s, uh, 88, 89, 90. We, um, we would go on Sunday nights, and this guy that was preaching, he, he, he did something I had not ever seen before, not coming from a church background of, of uh, Protestant origin or born again. Now, all I ever did was go to Catholic church, and it was always easy when you're at Catholic church to kind of blow holes in the things they were saying. You know, it's like, the guy said something like this, and you're like, ah, yeah. But this guy, he would address every angle. He would talk about every single... There was no way around the things that he was saying. I knew for sure he was talking to me. I was sure that somebody called this dude up and told him I was going to be there today. And I was going to be made fun of. I was going to be made a spectacle. I was going to be made an example of some sort. You guys know what I'm talking about? Well, what the, what the Apostle Peter does in today's service is he does that same thing, but he doesn't offer explanation. He only offers solution. I'm going to offer some explanation while he offers some solution. You'll understand what I mean as I get a little further into reading the Bible and, and stop my thoughts. Verse 1. Chapter 4, the book of 1 Peter says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Now, he says, the Apostle Peter, listen, Christ suffered in the flesh, meaning he knew he wasn't going to stay dead and His punishment that he received was the punishment we deserved. And you could take and you could put on what the Bible calls the mind of Christ. I want you to have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, the Apostle Peter says. And what he says is, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Let me explain this to you in a a more straightforward way. Last week I talked about how my father, it might have been Wednesday night, I don't remember. Things are a blur. Um, 
And my mother and father used to look at me and they said, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? What, what reason? I was a teenager. What, why would you, what were you thinking? And, and, and the response was always the same shrug. I don't know why I did it. I really didn't know why I was doing things. I just, I did them because I did them. But did you not, do you not get enough attention at home? I mean, what is the thing with you? When will you learn? I remember being in my teens, 14, 15, 16, 17, and, and if I was not thinking, I would do the most insane things. You know, somebody would say, hey, bro, we're going to, you know, we're going to shake and bake a car over in bed style. You want to come? Yeah, why not? Why? They're not going to split the money with you. You know, he's like, why? Seemed like something to do. Hey, we're always we're gonna go go out to the movies and start a fight. <laughs> you want to go up by the boulevard and get? Why? I, I didn't have any, but I remember. Usually, in um, what we used to call, maybe some of you understand this, called central booking. And I'd be sitting there on this freaking freezing slab of a bench asking myself the same questions that I knew in just a few hours my father was going to be asking me. Why did you do this? I remember almost like a depression washed over me. And I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why do you think before you speak? What do you think before you act? What, what? And I remember thinking to myself, wow, it's crazy. If I could stay here all the time, I'd be in a lot less trouble. But if I stayed here all the time, I'd be really miserable because it's like the only thing I could embrace at the time that was healthy was depression. Anybody understand what I'm saying at all? It's the craziest thing. As a kid, I did the, the dumbest things. Well, here the Apostle Peter is asking this question like, look, you know what kind of people keep doing things? After it didn't work out the first time. You guys know that funny saying they've been saying for about 10 years? What is the, um, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over again and expecting different results? Well, I heard somebody add to it. They said, you know what the definition of double insanity is? Doing nothing and expecting change. Let me say that again. The definition of double insanity is doing nothing and expecting change. Here again, I shall read to you. The Apostle Peter says, Arm yourself with the same mind, for he has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Paraphrasing, it's like, you know what? How many times are you going to make the same stupid mistakes, suffer the same stupid consequences? You know that saying that's on the internet now? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes? This is the Apostle Peter. How long are you going to play stupid games and, play and win stupid prizes? Like how many times? How many times are you going to get in a relationship with somebody that you know is not good for you? How many times? How many times are you going to do, fill in whatever the blank of your life is? Get into a relationship that's bad. Do something illegal. Say something wrong. I mean, how many times are we going to do the same? He who has suffered in the flesh 
should probably stop doing it. This is what the Apostle Peter is saying here. You're, you're with me? <laughs> Boy, this kicks my butt, guys. Verse 3 says, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Now, if I didn't read you this from the Bible, make believe I'm saying this, like we're talking in the street. Like, let's say you come up to me and like, hey, bro, where you been? Like, you know, man, I started going to church. You started going to church? What? You? Yeah, it's just a crazy thing, man. I, um, I got sick of being arrested. I got sick of going for abortions. Got sick of going to drug rehab. You know, like, at what point in time do they think you could have been one of those guys, and, and I would say I was on the cusp of being one of those guys. There were some guys in the neighborhood where even the worst of the worst would look at them and go, yeah, you really need a church. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I was close to there. I was close. But there were some people in my neighborhood, so bad, so stupid, so always, like, like as soon as you said, hey, you know, I started going to church, like, yeah, that guy definitely needed something in his life. He wasn't going to make it. Just quick show of hands. How many of you guys were that guy? Okay, there's a few of us. God, believe, I believe that you were that guy. So we're in a conversation, and what I'm about to read to you could be a flat-out conversation in the street. If I was reading this to you and paraphrasing, you would have no clue that I was reading from the Bible. And that's kind of what I dig about the Apostle Peter. He's like a fisherman, you know? Like, if you, didn't know, if you don't know Scripture, Pete was a fisherman, man. And um, his name was Cephas. Um, literally, the Lord called him Rocky. Peter literally means rock. Rocky. Hey, Rocky. You know, um, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times that you even know me. I'll go to death with you. Nothing. That's this guy. But because he's such a straight shooter, because you could read something like I'm about to read you right now, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that makes, makes a little too much sense. So he says, again, man, haven't you uh, spent enough of your lifetime doing the will of those that um, are going to get you in trouble? Do you remember when you walked in Lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. You remember? In regard to these, don't your friends think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same flood of dissipation? They even speak evil of you now that you've stopped. Did you hear that? That's like in the Bible. Like, look. Your, your free sex, your parties, your non-work. Your, I mean, the list of things that make up what this world is about. Like, we used to do these things back in the day called hooky parties. Anybody know what a hooky party is? <laughs> Think you missed the point, lady. <laughs> so we'd be a bunch of people get together and we, we'd... we'd um, We'd um, find out which parents weren't home. We'd all cut out of school and we'd go to that house. And, and for six or eight hours, we'd just do horrible things, usually leaving that house in irre irreparable damage. You never did nothing like that, right? Poor, innocent Brazilian girl. Yeah. So 
So, you know, you're talking about a situation where I read this stuff and I'm like, man, how did this guy know? How does, like, I thought there was something like special and different about me. And it's like, look, it's about time you figured it out. There ain't nothing or special or different about you if you do what they do. You know what's special and different about you? If you do what we do. What do you do? Well, we're going to get to that. But please understand that. Like, when you watch YouTube or you watch TV or, like, me and my wife and, and my daughter, we got into uh, the show called Flash and Green Arrow. And they all start out really fun and cool. And, and they all wind up, like, just as weird as all get out. Like, who's writing this show? Like, everybody, nobody, everybody dies, comes back to life, different earth, different. It's the weirdest thing. And they think they're edgy. Guys, they think they're edgy because they could say a curse word. Or they can dress like a skis. You know, they, they think that they're edgy when, when, I love this, when they're handing out their awards to each other. Like, we're in the movie business, and we really like each other. So we're going to make a statue, and we're going to give it to each other. So that way we know we like each other a lot. You ever think about that? You watch the Emmys, you watch the Tonys, you watch the Grammys. This is not anything else but them telling each other how great we are. We are great, therefore we're making awards and we're giving it to each other. And we clap. And they get up there and they cuss and they say something political and every Oh, so edgy, so fresh, so, so stupid. Like you're such an idiot. Nobody cares. Like if I hear this girl, Miley Virus, one more time, try to show me her nipple. Like, look, nobody cares about your nipple, girl. No, zero, zero many people. But she wants you to see her breast. Haven't enough people seen your breast? Do you understand? They think it's strange when you don't run with them in the same flood of dissipation. They even speak evil of you. Oh, Ryan's all churchified now. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not looking for self-pity here, because I don't. I don't, need I don't have any family. You guys are my family. All gone. Who, who ain't dead now? They think I'm churchified. Oh, Ryan only cares about his church family. That's it. I got my, my sons, my, my son-in-laws, my daughters, my grandkids. That's it. Every, every other extended family, gone. Don't talk to them, haven't seen them. Nothing. No problem. They think it's strange that I don't run with them in the same flood of dissipation. They speak evil of me. Have you not gotten there yet? They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. That's like my favorite verse in the whole Bible. You guys get that? If you've been made to feel like an outcast, an outsider, if you've been made to feel like a weirdo, if you've been made to feel like the wrong one, when all you're trying to do is straighten out your life, man. Oh, look, I'm just, 
I'm t- can, I, can a guy get tired? Can a girl just find herself not wanting to get taken advantage of again? No. You have to come out here with us and ruin your life again. They make you feel like you're the whacked one. You want an award? We'll give you our award. You could be whore of the week or something. I'm dead serious. You guys, anybody here ever go crabbing? So if you take a crab and you have what's called a crab basket, you take the crab and you throw it in the basket, you know what he'll do? He'll climb right up. But if you take two crabs and you put them in a crab basket, you know what happens? They pull each other back down in that basket. Matter of fact, if you stay in that basket long enough, you can be king crab. But don't try to get out of that basket. Because they'll pull you right down. They'll pull your arms off so you don't get out. It's the craziest thing. What a picture of this world. What a, what a picture. And what do you think is going to happen to every single one of those crabs in that basket? They're going to get thrown into a pot of boiling water, and they're going to get eaten. What are we doing? What? But don't worry. Verse 5. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And for this reason, the gospel is preached also to those who are dead. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. What does that mean? Look it up later. I don't want to go to too many places because we're going to go into a few other places in a minute. But in, in, in the book of Romans, in the first chapter, it says that every single person is going to be judged based upon their knowledge. Here's what happens to people who are Christians who have this, they, they have this fondness of the world and wondering if they're missing something. The first thing that happens is their mind, which has an, like a, there's like a New York Jew attorney in the mind of every Christian who is going to reconcile, who's going to try and convince them why what they are doing is stupid. It's like in, in your brain. Well, what about all the people that never heard the message of the cross? What about, I mean, they say that only, but, but isn't there like a billion Muslims in the world? So are you telling me that all the Muslims go to hell? I mean, in Hindus, isn't there like a billion and a half Hindus? I mean, I don't understand. Like, we can't just grab our belief system. We can't just say, okay, listen, here's what the Bible says. Well, I embrace the Bible. Well, how about this? You live out this thing to the fullest. Nope. My brain is going to have to now explain to me why what I'm all of a sudden now believing that's actually working for me, that's finally got me out of bad places, why it's wrong. Am I alone in this one? But here in the book of Romans, it says that Every single person will be judged by the law if he had no knowledge of Christ. Now, let me explain this to you. You can read it later on. I don't want to go through the whole thing right now because it's, it's, it's really details in a different Bible. Story. Let me explain to you this. Every single person that's ever died without Christ has had the opportunity to accept Christ. This is not like an American belief system, Christianity, okay? 
Christianity was around like 2,000 years before America was formed, in case you didn't know that. And that God says in the Bible that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you are a Muslim, if you are a Hindu, if you are a Buddhist, if you are any faith, any religion, and you are searching for God, I don't care if you're in the United States of America or in Egypt or in Africa or any little country anywhere in Europe. I don't care. If you are actually seeking God, don't put the name Jesus on him for one second. If you are a Muslim and you are honestly not a part of what is really a political system, but if you are truly seeking God, Do you understand that God is going to reveal his son, Jesus Christ, to your heart? Think about, everybody talks, well, not everybody, but it is a big thing. Well, what about the pygmy in the middle of Papua New Guinea? It's like, why, do you want to go there and tell them about Jesus? No, I'm just wondering what happens to them. Listen, that guy, that gal, she's drinking water from a stream, nourishing herself. God moves upon her heart as only God can and says, call to me and I will hear you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's so important. They're so going back to the original thought I had when I opened the Bible study because I'm sitting in in church when I was young and, and just dicing apart everything that the preacher was saying. Like, you're not, there's a reason this book's been around for as thousands of years as it is. You're not going to find the contradiction. It don't exist. You're not going to be like, well, how come nobody ever explained it? Everything in this book, it, this book doesn't contain truth. It is truth. The Lord Jesus came and died in the flesh, suffered for our sins, that we might live for him. I wish that this was the end of the story. I really do. Because it would be really cool if, like, I was up here preaching, and and as I'm preaching, somebody here, like, in their heart, they're like, yes, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. And as soon as they did that, boom, they'd be gone. they go to heaven, like, oh, well, we got another one saved, hallelujah. But that's not the way it is. There's a lot of living left to do here. And we got to go back out to that world where people are going to make fun of us, where people are going to put you down, where people are going to hate you, and things that are going to tempt you. Now what do I do? I got saved in 1990. I got baptized in 1994. I've screwed up so much since then. Believe me, it was a 20-year journey to get to this place. 28, this ain't no easy thing, man. I'm just tired, man, and I'm old. I feel like that Lord of the Rings movie. I'm tired, Gandalf. I know I don't look it, but I feel like butter spread out over bread. You know, some fighting this good fight. It ain't easy, is it, brothers and sisters? But... And this is the good part. 
Here, the Apostle Peter tells us what we are to do now with this faith. And let me tell you, this is really a cool part of it. For this reason, the gospel was preached also, verse 6, again I'm reading, to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So he says, listen, don't worry about the people that, that, that you think didn't hear the gospel. Everybody before they die has had the opportunity to hear the gospel. Let, let God worry about that, okay? You worry about what's around you, and what should you do with that? But, he says, the end of all things is at hand. Certainly is. Therefore, ready? Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. So, when you pray, don't say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Don't say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Don't say any of those things. Mean it. Do it. Find people that are lost and start saying their name. But, and here's the, this is like the best in the whole Bible. Above all things, verse 8, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Oh, man. Guys, we just made a major left turn here. And this is a beautiful left turn. Because I know I threw it like this heavy trip on you. And, oh, man, what does that mean? Now I feel stuck. I feel tired like you. Listen, listen. Have fervent love one for another. Why do you go to church? You can be a Christian at home so you can love on each other fervently. People in here need love. Do you know people go through things for basically, and now there's more, but three specific reasons. Some people are going through emotional problems. Some people are going through physical problems. Some people are going through financial problems. Some people are going through spiritual problems. And you know we go through problems for three basic reasons. And this is probably the most important thing I could ever tell you apart from accepting Christ as your Savior. This will say, I'm about to set some of you free in, in such ways that you've never imagined. Number one, you go through trials, you suffer through things of finances, of physical, of emotional Number one, so you could come to the Lord. God allows things to happen in your life so you can get saved. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to us, Ryan, because basically everybody here knows the Lord, okay? Number two, to sanctify you. To make you stronger is maybe a, a, a less Christianese way to put it. God allows you to go through things to make you stronger. Yeah, I don't know if I'm digging that one. Nobody likes that one. Because when I came to Christ, he took so much from me. Like literally the day I got saved, the first thing he took from me was like foul mouth cursing. I was just, talk about potty mouth. You think I'm bad now? Bad. Like, bad. And I just, every time I cursed, I felt like God was going to like punish me. I would cuss somebody out. I'd scream at my wife or one of my employees or friends. And every time a curse came out of my mouth, I'd be like. It was this weird. I remember calling my friends like, I feel like weird inside. Yeah, Ryan, that's called conviction. Like, what do I do with that? He goes, 
Whatever it is that you're doing that he's making you feel convicted for, stop doing it. What happens if I don't stop doing it? You'll stop feeling convicted. And then what? You'll be left to your sin. I'll be left to my sin. So I stopped cursing pretty much altogether. But there were some things he left with me. Like, some things that I like really ask him all the time. Can you please take this away? This has caused me enough stumbling. And you know, here's what the Apostle Paul said about this. Concerning this thing, I asked the Lord three times that he might take it from me. And all he said to me was, my grace is sufficient. For in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Well, good for you, dude, but I'm afraid I'm going to blow it here. Sometime between the time I get saved and the time I go to heaven, I'm afraid I'm going to blow it real bad. Can I just get saved and go to heaven? Oh, there's a crazy story in the Bible about a guy who employs people, and he agrees agrees with them on what he's going to pay them for the day. He says, hey, um, you want to go work in my field? I'll give you a a denarius. I'll, I'll give you a quarter for the day. Deal. And all throughout the day, people keep coming to him, keep coming to him, keep coming to him. And he goes, yeah, go ahead. I'll pay you a quarter. And then when he leaves, the people who start and work the whole day started complaining about the people who only worked half the day. Hey, they only worked half the day. They got paid the same thing as us. And the analogy is like super clear. It's like me and you and, and, and Faye and Richard We've been walking with the Lord 50, 60 years. And like somebody that's here that dies next week, God forbid, but maybe it happens, you get the same gift, you get the same payment that they get who's been bearing the heat of the day, who God has been grinding and grinding and this world's been pulling and putting down. That's not fair. It's not fair, man. God says, my grace is sufficient. For in your weakness, my strength's made perfect. And then you have these moments, and I'm going to get emotional. You just sit down, and you look up, and like, I'm really tired, God. I'm really tired. I want to go home. I want to go home. It's not yet. I can't take this anymore. But she, she can. I wouldn't have chosen you. I wouldn't have chosen you. You can handle it. I'm tired, man. I know. I know. I'm tired with you. So the third reason that we go through things, guys, is so we can minister to others. It's not because your faith is weak. It's not because you're doing something wrong. It's not because God's mad at you. And all those things that Jewish lawyer in your head, he tells you. Oh, the reason you're still lusting is because you're not really a Christian. The reason you're sick is because you don't have enough faith. The reason you're broke is because you don't tithe enough. The reason you, and and that's what it does. And that's what that lawyer tells you all the time. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. God says nowhere in the Bible it's your fault. He says, I'm working out a greater plan of salvation. All things are working together for good.
to them that love God. It, we're working this out, man. But, but I'm tired. You're fine. You're fine. I'm tired. It's okay. I'm going to give you some more energy. Look at stuff that other people go through. Like, look at what Dan's gone through. Like, I, I just want to thank you for not putting me through that because I, I don't think I could have handled that. I said, well, if I, if I put you through it, you could handle it. I don't give anybody more than they could handle. But what about this person? And you, and, you, and you have this thing in your head, and they had to go through this and sickness and disease and death and pain. It's like all of them, none of them got more than they could handle. That's my promise to humanity. Huh? It's not true? Tell me why. So then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 is wrong? No, that is, I will give you enough to bend your knee but not break your back. Hey, he'll give you more than you could handle from the perspective of what you think you could handle until you get through it and you go, oh my goodness, it wasn't me at all. It was God that got me through it. So I agree 100% with, with Tom's assessment and his thumbs up. I mean, he agreed with my assessment. But, and, and um, continue. Verse 9. Um, go back to eight again. Above all things, have fervent love one for another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak with the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let me explain to you what he says there, and I'm going to read to you the gifts. Plenty of time, guys. I've only been speaking for about 30 minutes. Um, He saves you, and he puts you in a church, and then he says this crazy thing. I want you to love each other. I want you to be hospitable to each other, and I want you to use the gifts that I give you to minister to each other. Word minister literally means serve. So everybody in here has been given gifts. Every single person in here has spiritual gifts. They're either built into your personality and God wants to magnify them, or they're amplified by the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch. There is a gift of the Holy Spirit called the word of knowledge where God will actually tell you something about a situation or someone that he wants you to bless them with. Now, we often think that a word of knowledge is the prophet where he says, woe unto you, for if you keep sleeping with that guy. No, 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 no. That's not that. That's not a word of knowledge. That's the word of judgment which God doesn't give you, okay? Word of knowledge is, let me tell you what happened to me. Um, My pastor just died, and while we were gone, I was kind of feeling sorry for myself, 
And I got up in the morning and I was reading, and in my Bible it was a psalm, and in the psalm it said to take shelter under the shadow of his wings. And one of the guys that was in the other room was listening to his radio. On his, so he was listening to his Christian music station or something or other than that. And I couldn't hear it. I could just hear the music. But all of a sudden I heard one line come through the music. And it was, under the shadow of your wings I take refuge. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I dig that. I'm going to accept that as that's from you, Lord. Two days later, I'm reading scripture. And same line. Under the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. I was like, ah, that's sweet stuff. Maybe it's coincidental. I'm cleaning out a drawer, not common for me, and in the drawer is a few index cards that I wrote verses on. Back in the day, I was crazy. I wanted to memorize the Bible as much as I possibly can. So I would take index cards and I'd write verses on them and I'd carry them around with me. I'd put them in my car and where I was driving, I'd record them over and over and over and over and over. I didn't care about the addresses. I don't know addresses. I can't be like one of them. I'm not first John. I, I don't do that, but I have the word. Because in case you know, the addresses are not really the word of God. That's just the address of the word of God. So whenever I see somebody who's like Philippians 4.13, I'm just like, that's the address, but that's not the verse. I always make fun of that person. That's not the Bible. But I think it's cool anyway. And I pick up those cards, pin on it. I look at that card, and it says, under the shadow of my wings, you will take refuge. And I was like, ah. And that's God giving me a word of confirmation, a word of promise, man. That's was so sweet. It was so beautiful. And God does that. You know, when you're young and Lord, God does that stuff all the time. But when you get old and crotchety and you think you know something, you kind of lose that stuff. And when he does it every once in a while, you hallelujah, God. And you're like, man, why am I so stupid? Hard to learn. You guys know what I'm saying? Okay, so continue. Then there's what's called the word of wisdom, where you give somebody a Bible verse. Hey, you know, I was reading, and because I was praying for you, I believe this word is for you. This is a word of wisdom. Now, listen, you can't do these things by accident. You're not going to show up in here and be like, you know what, Todd, I think I have a word from the Lord for you. No, let me tell you how you get a word of the Lord for Todd. You take him on your back in prayer, and you pray for him. Remember how the kids used to run away from home? They used to get a stick, and then they used to get a towel, throw their stuff in it, tie it around, and there's a towel hanging over the end of a stick. Am I the only one that's ever watched The Little Rascals old school? And that's how you knew they were running away from home, because they had a stick with something tied at the end of it, right? That's what you do in prayer with people. Raina, we got you in prayer, man. We, we put you in a towel, we tied you in a stick, and we got you. And if you've been praying for me, or you've been praying for Todd, and while you've been reading your scripture, God somehow impressed upon your heart in some weird way. You got something? Bring it to me. I want to hear it. I want it. But don't tell me you had a dream. And Look, if you're not praying for me, keep your words to yourself. As a matter of fact, here's a better idea. Read James 3, 17 and 18. It says, but the wisdom that is from God is first peaceable, pure, full of mercy and good fruit, willing to yield, sown in righteousness. Those who make peace, that's the word from the Lord. It's not some woe, judgmental, put you down, straighten you out. I've been praying for you to have patience because you're not a, yeah, duh, 
I know. It's going to get better. Gift of prophecy. The gift of faith. The gift of healings. The working of miracles. Discernment of spirits. These are all specific gifts that are shown in the Bible for people who have been granted, who have been endowed with a power. And I believe they're still inactive today. I do. I believe that. Speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, how many of you guys, um, you ne you, you've never been to a place where people spoke in tongues? You don't have to raise your hand. Just I'll, I'll just make believe. We have, every once in a while, we have these um, afterglow services. And those that speak in tongues speak in tongues, and those that interpret will interpret. And it's a beautiful and it's a wonderful time. And now, according to the Bible, there's a bunch of different types of tongues. There's a praise of, of, in tongues. There's a casting out of demons. Into, I mean, if you read 1 Corinthians 14 and 15, it, it, it speaks of all the different types of speaking in tongues. Are. Now, you might be here, whoa, that's weird, dude. I didn't know you were one of those ultra-Pentecostals. Well, if speaking in tongues is ultra-Pentecostal, then I'm ultra-Pentecostal because I speak in tongues. But here's the thing. I sought it out. I, like, went to different churches because Calvary Fort Lauderdale at the time didn't have that type of ministry. So I went to a Pentecostal church and I asked them to pray over me. I, me and my wife, we went to New York. There, there's a church in New York called um, Brooklyn Tabernacle where the spirit in the 90s was moving powerfully, man. So we went there and I, I had them lay their hands on me. And then all of a sudden one day, after, after traveling all over the country and asking dozens and dozens of people to pray for me to speak in tongues, the second I spoke in tongues, I realized it was like, wow. It's like really not near as a big deal as I thought this was going to be. I thought like this was going to be like the sky was going to crack open and felt like I was speaking Chinese or Japanese. Should have bought a hodo tando, hondi toda, but I bought a toda instead. Hmm. Now, watch these gifts. Prophecy ministry, exhortation, leadership, mercy, apostle, evangelist, teacher, pastor, helps, administrations. You see these gifts? These are more of what's called the personality gifts. And this is why we meet in a church. I'm almost done, guys. I realize I'm, I'm getting a lot of blank stares now. Where does this fit into the Bible study? It seems like it took a weird turn. I didn't take a weird turn. It all goes in line with each other. That's the whole reason we come to church. You know, I don't, I don't care how many people show up to church or don't show up to church. It's kind of like after almost 15 plus years now of being in church, it's like realize that all that idea and thinking that, wow, a really big church is really a God church because it's obvious that if God blesses the church with more people, God must like that pastor more. If God fills that church up with people, that must be because the, the, the spirit of God is moving. And when you find out after a number of years of beating your head against that wall, like that's not the case at all. Some churches are, are smaller and some churches are bigger and some churches are not. And, and the first thing that you realize is, you know what, I, I might not be the most dynamic, charismatic speaker in the world, but I'm just preaching you God's word. And if that ain't enough, man, adios, because you ain't going to get any better than this, guys. Sorry, not sorry. You follow what I'm saying? 
So I don't struggle with that anymore. And believe me when I tell you, I'm going to give you a little inside baseball. Every pastor, the first five years, struggles with that. Wondering how many people are going to show up and how many, how many people are there? Did you, get, did you get the number? How many people? Are... I don't even care anymore. I've stopped caring. You know what I do care about, though? That there are pastors here that are not fulfilling that calling. That there are people here with the gift of exhortation that are not using that to bless the body. That there might be a prophet in here, somebody who the Lord speaks through mightily. But you're not using it, man. There's teachers here that are not. I worry when a couple of months go by and somebody doesn't come to me with an idea for a ministry. You know what I think we should do here? Listen, tell me what you think we should do here. And please tell me it's not open up a cafe. Because we're not. I don't care if you don't like the mocha chillers here. You know what I mean? We have a mocha machine. It's called coffee. Dig it. There are evangelists here. And they're not showing up to the beach, man. We do a Sunday night service. We have a, you know, our church has a Sunday night service. We have a Wednesday morning, I'm sorry, Wednesday evening service. We have a Sunday morning service and we have a Sunday night service. And some of you guys with the gift of evangelism have not been out there. And, and it, I'm not mad at you. I'm not, why aren't you? I'm like, oh man, you're, you're missing out. Why do you think you're going through what you're going through? Why do you think God is grinding on He's. You guys know what chimichurri sauce is? Okay. So um, there's a chef. His name is, um, baby, what's that chef's name we watched last night? The guy that always says the F word. Ramsey. Gordon Ramsey. So I'm watching a watching a Gordon Ramsay video on, on um, skirt steak because doggone it, I love that guy. And he says, you got to get this, he's got to make a homemade chimichurri sauce. So here's what you do. First thing, he's got to get oregano. But he says it with an English accent. I've not, I don't know how, how do English people say it? Like he says, like, what did he just say? So, so it's got the cap, the captain says oregano, but it didn't sound like oregano, but it was oregano. Oregano, oregano, that's what he said it was. First, you got to put your oregano on it. What's oregano? Oregano, okay. Oregano, okay, I got oregano. So you got oregano. You got a little bit of, um, of sweet basil, peppermint, not just regular mint. It's different kinds of mint. Then you got to put thyme, T-H-Y-M, all these different things. And, and I have a, in case you didn't know this, I have an herb garden. And then you can take some peppers. I've got peppers. I, as a matter of fact, bro, my pepper's almost ready for you. I got my, my, my brother loves peppers, so I always cut my peppers on bringing him. And then you chop them up, and he puts them in this bowl, and then he has a pestle, and he crushes them up, and then he takes garlic, and then he takes olive oil, and then he takes rock salt. <laughs> And it's 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 not like liquid. It's, it's not like a machine. Like a, a um, it just grinds it up. He he doesn't. He just makes it in pieces. Why am I doing this to you guys? You hungry? <laughs> because that's what he's doing to you. And and you ain't ready for the steak yet. And what if all you do is make the chimichurri sauce and leave it in the fridge, man? 
Who, who plants a garden and doesn't pick and eat the fruit of it? You are his garden. Do you get that yet? Like, you are his seed. He planted you in different places so that you could grow up. And it wasn't just so you could look good. He wants fruit. He wants to use you. He wants to feed you. He wants to feed you to others. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? We have a Sunday night service. We have a Wednesday night service. Can't just come here and, and eat this food that I'm giving you and do nothing with it, man. What are you doing in the garden, man? Because God's picking you and he's grinding you and he's grinding. And you think that he's doing this grinding work in you as punishment. So you come to church to get absolved. Like this is the Catholic thing, right? Like this, I did this for years at home. We do this Catholic thing. I go out to the world, I feel like crap because I act like crap, and then I go back into church and I feel good about myself. So let me go back out into the world again. And, and that's what it is every week. And that's like, God's like, like, that's not it, guys. That's not it. That's not it. I'm not mad at you. I'm not grinding on you because you did wrong. I'm grinding you to make something sweet out of you, man. You're my chimichurri. Well, what if I don't go to church grinding you anyway? What if I don't get spread out over a stake? You're going to get ground up anyway. Because he who begun a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You could hide. You can become a shut-in. You can do the whole lockdown thing and never leave your house and wear a mask inside, drive around in your car, ride on your bike and wear a mask like... You're still getting ground down, Mr. Chimichurri, Mrs. Chili Pepper. <sighs> did that whole thing come together for you guys to understand it, why we did this? I know it's a long ride to get there, but like you who have suffered in the flesh, have you stopped sinning yet? Like, like figure it out. And then once you did, here's why God saved you. And it wasn't so you can be forgiven and just go on cruise control. I know you're tired. I'm tired with you. But I, he wants to use you, man. And, and, and you're only going to get the fullest satisfaction where, like the Lord Jesus Christ was so spent. At the end of the day, he fell asleep on a boat, man. You're like, the boat's like this. And the apostles are like, wake him up. And they wake him up. And he's like, what, what, what? Don't you care that we're perishing? He's like, where's your faith, man? And he grabs a hold of the reins with his hand. And he looks over at the ocean. He says, peace, be still. And, and the Bible actually says he rebuked. Like, and the word for rebuke there is like muzzled. Like, Shut up! Well, why didn't somebody wake him up earlier? He was never asleep. He doesn't sleep nor slumber. I know you're tired. You got to work like him. He worked so hard that at the end of the day, man, he was done. Boom. Out. All right. I know, it's a journey, right? I think it was hard hearing that. I tried preaching that message because I've had to live it. 
I've had to live it. I'm tired. I'm with you. I'm tired. I'm with you. Um, under the shadow of his wings, that's where I'm going to take refuge. Right? Use these gifts that God's given you to help others. Don't just sit here in the pew. This is not your weekly entertainment. You're surrounded by people who need you, even in a little church. Use your gifts mightily for the Lord, for the people of God, for love covers a multitude of sins. People are going through things around you. If we ever become uh, a museum for saints instead of a hospital for sinners, let's shut this thing down. Um, <sighs> Drew? I'm going to kill him. Where is he? Did he have that video up there? I'm going to kill him. Austin, pull that video up on there, that broken people video that I sent out the other day. I want you guys to watch a video before we leave. It's a song. It's a song by Israel Houghton and Doe. Oh, I can't believe it. I sent him this. I should have asked him before church he left. Is he gone? He's serving. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I feel like a schmuck? <laughs> yeah, guys, so dig this. I want you to, I'm going to take this thing off in a second, but this song's been breaking me up for a week. Not only does this girl have like one of the most amazing voices you've ever seen, but the words, the, the worship, the, the, the sentiment of this song is don't, don't, don't leave yet. Please, please, don't sit butt down. You're broken. The song is called Broken People. And I just wanted to minister to you in light of, in lieu of the spirit movement on our service. It, it's, um, it's what you need. Let, let yourself go, man. Turn the lights off and let yourself cry this song like it's been doing to me for a week. It's so wonderful. It's Israel Houghton. And it's called Broken People. And it's featuring this, this young girl called, her name's Doe. D-O-E. You got it? Let me see, is that one with Out, please. 